When it comes to inclusive beauty, Revolution truly are revolutionary. Everyone, no matter their sex, ethnicity, age, budget or location, deserves to feel glamorous. So that's why Revolution offer the largest range of shades and tones on the high street. Our best concealer, Conceal and Define, offers 16-hour wear with 20% more pigment, 20% more coverage, 60 shades and the ultimate full coverage. Suitable for all skin types, this concealer offers full coverage while remaining crease-proof, cakeless and breathable for a natural second skin finish. Browse the full range at your nearest Superdrug store or online at superdrug.com. Revolution. Great quality and affordable beauty. Welcome to the second series of The Beauty of It All. Now, this is the beauty-obsessed big sister that you've always wanted. Hosted by me, Vic Hope, with Superdrug, The Beauty of It All takes a backstage look at the beauty industry, the issues facing it, and all the news and discussions that you've been craving. This episode, we're going to be talking all about inclusivity in the beauty industry, from representation in advertising and social media campaigns to the availability of products which cater for all of us. It's a topic that is so important, so I'll be asking my guests to share their own experiences and to discuss the ways the industry can improve. So joining me today are Jamie Windust, who is an award-winning writer, public speaker and model, and who's worked with organisations such as TEDx London and Gay Times. Honey Hans, an author, journalist, and modest fashion, beauty, and lifestyle blogger. And Georgia Rankin, a social media star with audiences on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, who has spoken out about her treatment in the beauty industry as a young woman with skeletal dysplasia. Welcome. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi. Thank Hi. you so Thanks much. No, thank you for joining me. It's um, it's a really important time to be having this. I mean, we should be having this discussion always and, and hopefully fighting for change. But I'm actually going to start with a really broad question because inclusivity in this industry is about understanding the beautiful ways in which we are all different. And so I know that beauty means something different to all of us. Um, so I just want to ask you, what does beauty mean to you? Um, Jamie, I'll come to you first. Thank you. Yeah, I think beauty for me is more than just getting ready. It's more than just kind of covering up. I think a lot of people see makeup and fashion as kind of entities to cover or entities to kind of hide or to kind of block insecurities. And for me, it was, it is, it started as that. But I think as I've grown through my gender identity and my sexuality and kind of witnessed those evolve, beauty has really played a massive role in actually doing the opposite of what makeup can societally often do. And it's actually allowed me to see the beauty in becoming more me. So Mm -hmm. I think beauty for me is something that's very unique and very expressive, but it's a, it's a tool to kind of help you find who you are essentially. I like that. Rather than concealing, it's actually a way of becoming yourself, of being true, being free. Mm -hmm. Georgia, what does beauty mean to you? Like Jamie said, it's, it can be, you know, it's something to express yourself. Also, I've used it as a mask before. So throughout life, I can have a really bad day due to my chronic pain and I can put a full face of makeup on. And still to this day, no one will ever know if I'm having a bad day or struggling. And it's about expressing yourself and whatever, whatever day it is, you can have different looks. And I love how everybody can have their own way of expressing their personality and how they feel. And that for me is, you know, what, it, what that's what beauty is to me. It's a way you can 
do whatever you want with it and play around and have fun. Strength, isn't it? You know, when you say yeah. it's a mask in a different sense, not not about hiding so much, but as a being able yeah. to to deal with whatever life throws at you. Definitely, Hanny. What does beauty mean to you? I think um, the concept of beauty is something that people often focus on the physical aspects of it, but I think it's more kind of what's on the inside because you would go to a fruit basket and the most shiny apple probably will be the most rotten one, the one that doesn't taste as good. So I think it's kind of just what you carry on the inside. So how you are with people, how you present yourself, how you like uplift others. And especially in this day and age where social media is the new today. So it's kind of just if you aren't uplifting others, if you're not using your platform to bring awareness to situations that are happening that are of injustice, then kind of tarnishes your actual image that you could be the most beautiful person physically but if the inside isn't supporting that then what is beauty really do you know Mm -hmm. yeah that explanation of what's going on inside I mean Jamie how has beauty played a part in your identity journey it was definitely something that beauty my exploration within the beauty industry and my concept of beauty came at the exact same time as that I was exploring my gender identity so kind of as a trans person there's lots of ideals and there's almost like a hyper um focus on visual presentation as a trans person and I think as someone that doesn't fit or doesn't kind of align with either gender and kind of just floats around within the middle what I found with beauty is that it was actually really fun to be able to just write my own rule book with it Mm -hmm. and therefore create my own identity through beauty people often kind of see the beauty industry as quite uh, crass or kind of quite unimportant but I think for so many people it's an outlet for them to be able to actually enhance their identity and become who they want to be so the two are incredibly intertwined for me yeah no definitely coming to terms with who it is that you are a lot of experimentation can go into that you know when did you start experimenting with beauty yeah I mean I used to so I started my first job was on a beauty counter Mm -hmm. so I used to kind of constantly just not do my job and just go and look at all of the products and all of the all of the stands um so that was about 13 and then it was kind of really when I moved to uni I moved to London at 18 that I really was just like I'm autonomous now I can do my own thing and really just kind of threw everything on my face which I still I still try and continue to do now (laughs) how did you learn to do your makeup I learned the basics kind of through YouTube so just like application very kind of standard things about the base but then when it comes to kind of color or concept I kind of don't really think about what I'm doing until I'm literally there with the brush on my face so it's all very much slapdash one thing that I always say when I either do makeup content or talk about makeup is that it's it's always very messy my face is never I don't never know, kind of inspired it to like, be. It looks amazing <laughs> right now. I know this is a podcast you can't see, but Jamie's face is incredibly painted today. It's like, like I'm trying to describe, <laughs> we've got like a beautiful like pink cheeks and then a, is it a red or a pinky lip? And then yeah. um, a yellow eyeshadow. Thank you. But yeah, the power of Zoom, this, this <laughs> slight blur is always helpful. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, d- I don't really care for not just rules when it comes to creativity, but, you know, rules when it comes to how much makeup you wear, what kind like, I literally, within reason, obviously, don't don't really 
see the point in caring. <laughs> well, that's what we're talking about today is not feeling boxed in or stereotyped or feeling that you have to look a certain way because that's what society tells you is the normal because we're all different. Um, Hannah, you've, you've spoken about starting your blog because you weren't seeing a lot of people who look like you. You didn't feel represented. Can you tell us a little bit more about yeah. the beginnings of your platform? When I actually started my blog, it was kind of a module that we had to do at university to just show that we can use these social media websites and um, use like widgets on a blog account so when I first started obviously the first thing you do with anything is research and try and find inspiration but when I went to go look for that inspiration it was very very hard for me to like find anyone that I could think okay yeah this person I can identify with they look similar to me I can find inspiration in them I think around then it was around like 2015 so the market was the beauty industry was quite saturated online especially so I only found like maybe one or two bloggers but they still weren't women that wore hijab but I thought Mm -hmm. because of their skin tone I could still somewhat identify with them a little bit so I think just finding that person online it was quite a difficult journey for someone that I could look up to and see as an inspiration and kind of just pave the way and when I couldn't find that I decided to just be that person I want if I was to have a younger sister have someone that she can look up to someone that she can be get inspired by someone that can give her outfit inspiration especially because modest fashion especially that's something that's really rare and hard to like difficult to come across for anyone who doesn't know what modest fashion means can you just explain a little bit I think when it comes to modest fashion it doesn't mean like covering head to toe but I think it's more of just fashion is something that's so important everybody loves to like express themselves through like what they're wearing how they style themselves Um, but obviously when it comes to modest fashion it's about doing it obviously in a way that's um, in line with your religion and obviously still being cheek and having outfits that are really cool but just in a way that you feel like you're covered and you're protected as well so it's about the industry catering for you no matter yeah. what your background is yeah uh, I think it's just a really good point to talk about you know if you've got a you've got a younger sibling you want them to have someone to look up to you can't be what you yeah, can't definitely. see and uh, we can pave the way for for the next generation and hopefully change the industry for the better for the next generation. Um, And Georgia, I know you've been such an inspiration for so many people. Can you tell us why you decided to start your YouTube channel? So I started my YouTube back in 2014, which was quite a while ago. And it was all because I, back in the day, like I used to watch YouTube as something that I enjoyed and I used to laugh along with people online so obviously Sohwala you know the OGs of YouTube (laughs) and like high school and stuff I didn't have a good time at all Um, I felt very left out I just yeah it was pretty bad so when I came home YouTube for me was something like it was my I guess time with my friends even though they weren't my friends it felt like you know Sohwala and Joseph were my best mates like and that was what I used YouTube for and then I ended up being so obsessed with it. I was like, actually, I want to maybe talk about, for example, my favourite lipstick, just like Zoella. And I really was inspired by her. And then, obviously, I've not seen anyone like who was different back in the day. So I was like, it could be a risk. But also, I didn't really care. I didn't actually, like, tell anyone at school. I just did it. And then I ended up going on this morning and they gave me a bag of makeup and that literally was like what inspired me to do my first like vlog and makeup haul and I was showing these products and it was like the best thing ever for me and then 
that's when I started doing it and I just found confidence and for some reason I wasn't bothered about like not a single part of me thought about the hate I just kind of went straight into it and thought what's the worst that's going to happen apart from me enjoying myself I think that's a I think that's a really great outlook but one that not not all of us feel like we can have like so often I care so much about validation from other people or do you don't want to put your head about the parapet so that you don't get hurt I mean when you say it felt like a yeah. risk a risk of what 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 sort of things would people say or, or could they have said oh I feel like I was watching YouTube and I, I didn't think no one else was doing the same like I thought I was really weird for watching YouTube never mind doing it myself like talking to a camera in my room about a lipstick like that probably wasn't a thing to do back in the day. So I didn't say anything to anyone, even at college, which, you know, I'm a bit older at college. I wasn't, I don't think I've ever said anything about my high school. I just didn't, I didn't want to. I felt uncomfortable. I was scared that people would judge me for talking about things online. I was like, it's just not something people do. And then obviously I left college and carried on doing it and then that's when I built up like my own little platform and community and it felt right to do that because everyone around me was supporting me and not bothered about how I looked or whatever I did even though my makeup wasn't good back then like people enjoyed it and that's like it was almost like a nice thing for me to do and focus on instead of focusing on the negatives. When it comes to inclusivity um, in the beauty industry how important do you think it is to be able to see people who look like you, to see yourself represented, whether it's in um, campaigns, you know, ad campaigns, social media campaigns, um, or whether it's the products that will cater to you, the this, this skin tones available, or whether the products um, are halal, for example. Do you think that it's important to to be represented and to represent? Definitely, like with so many big brands also like bring out foundations and they have different skin colours and it's like, hang on, they bring out five and it's like all light shades and that annoys me and that is something that I'm, I am very naturally pale which it's not a problem for me and it annoys me and I don't even have to deal with that issue so that's like the start of it and then you actually look further into it and you go on to their campaigns big ones like what they reposted or just in general like from the years I've gone on YouTube and become bigger obviously it means more um you know ads and sponsorships and things like that and I was worried that maybe brands didn't want to work with me because of how I looked because I didn't get you know if I compared myself to someone else I wasn't getting the sponsorships or ads even though I was growing quite quickly on my YouTube which I found was really weird and I'd go on these brands like pages and they wouldn't be you know representing people like me and I say this all the time like I don't even mind if it's not someone who is just in a wheelchair I'm talking every single body every you know someone who's got any slight different physical you know differences Mm -hmm. like it's not represented and it can have such a negative impact on young girls on social media. Like we all know how bad the effect of it, like going on social media and seeing these insane, beautiful girls and women. And we're not looking like that, but we still want to. And it's like, that's not good. It's just not good for younger generations. And also us as influencers as well. Like I really do compare myself, but at the end of it, you've just got to go your, your own person like you've got your own qualities don't compare um, and 
I want to see like that change. I want to see people with slight differences. I don't even want to see like people who all look the same because it's been years and years and I've not seen any change in the community. Like I've, I work with a band at the minute and they are very like focused on really making sure that they have a different body types and they included me in their recent um, campaign. And I was like, that's such a huge step because the public went mad for the diversity in that campaign. And I was like, if more bands did it, I feel like the result would be amazing and the public and young girls would go. So like, they'd be so happy and it's nice to see that change. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I guess differently abled people, no matter what those differences are, um, feeling that they can be in a campaign. We are proud to be partnering with social media star Georgia Rankin as a mentor for our Faces of the Future campaign. Georgia's work spreading disability awareness and busting taboos within the beauty industry made her perfect to collaborate with for our Faces of the Future. This year, we launched a nationwide search to find up-and-coming voices that's championing positive change. We've teamed them up with inspirational mentors, including Georgia, to provide guidance and advice along the way as they become the next generation of activists through our Faces of the Future campaign. Find out more about the Faces of the Future campaign by visiting the online hub on superdrug.com slash DGFS slash faces dash of dash the dash future. Jamie, how does it feel when you see a campaign that isn't inclusive, that you don't feel is inclusive? I think it's frustrating purely because, you know, if you look specifically in the trans network or the trans community and even kind of wider looking at the LGBTQ plus community, a lot of us predominantly work in creative fields. Mm -hmm. So the reason when it comes to resources, because often the, t the reasonings why trans and LGBTQ plus people are not in these campaigns is because or the brands will say they don't they don't know any people or they don't necessarily understand how to work with those communities or there's a plethora of kind of reasons why they kind of make up the they yeah, don't excuses. These, yeah, excuses. <laughs> and it's like actually some of the best campaigns that I've worked on have been very transparent with holding their hands up and being like, we really want to like platform this community, but we don't necessarily know the best way to do it. So what we're going to do is we're going to hand over the reins to you and just allow you to essentially consult and create this campaign yourself, which I think is the best way to mm. represent people. Because often when you are a marginalized voice, those voices are not within the companies that are trying to represent you. So it can lead to mistakes. It can lead to kind of issues there. So what I find is in terms of representation, it's really important. It's it's great to have it, but it's for me, I always see it as kind of step one on this on the circle. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not gonna change the world, but it will change people's minds to then hopefully lead them to educate themselves further on those issues. It's almost like a kind of a drip feed yeah. of the idea to then continue that. Well, it's like what you were saying before about I know it's just beauty, but it's so much more than that when you look at the effect that it can have on someone. And when you do see a campaign that's inclusive, it's more meaningful and it's not tokenistic. Mm -hmm. Honey, what does it feel like to see campaigns that aren't inclusive as far as you're concerned? I think definitely seeing campaigns that aren't inclusive, it got, it's gotten to a point where it doesn't even shock me anymore right. as much. But what kind of shocks me more is it's kind of more disheartening, as you said, with tokenism. Sometimes a brand would just throw in 
one colored person or they would throw in one Muslim with a hijab or they'd throw in one person with a disability and or one person from the LGBT community and they would think, okay, we've done our part now, Mm. but like when that person is just a token, it just takes away the whole message of what you were trying to even insinuate. And I definitely agree with Jamie in the sense that how can you portray that you have a big diversity when your team isn't diverse. Like the, you can't get some someone who hasn't walked a mile in the other person's shoes to represent that person, if you know what I mean, a little bit. Yeah, to tell their story. Um, yeah. And do you think brands as well need to think more about making their products inclusive? And what would that look like? What would that be? What would that mean for you? Um, honestly, I think it, it would be a big, big step for brands to kind of make their products inclusive, but even to just begin with the team that they hire. So like the team in their marketing team, a diverse range of people, that way those people can then try and bring in other people because they will understand how to do that way more than some people, if you know what I mean. So I think it would be nicer for them to actually try and begin with making their their team their in-house team quite diverse and then go into trying to understand what the needs of those minorities are and what the minorities need to be represented and work towards building a whole new look on what diversity should be rather than just expecting okay I'll have one person from this category Mm. one person from this category one person from this category and then I'll have three of the the usual majority and then it's complete that's usually the mindset that they have, which is quite disheartening a little bit. Yeah, it can feel very performative. And it's something that we've been talking a yeah. lot about recently. That we, we need meaningful change, tangible change, actions, conversations. Do you, I mean, do you think that currently there are enough women who wear the hijab visible in campaigns or represented across the beauty industry? Compared to like the previous years, definitely I'm seeing a little bit more. But when I do see them as well, it's in a way where just took the whole meaning of the hijab and made it a little bit different. So like you would see, I'd see someone that wears a hijab, but then the hijab would be styled completely differently to like the natural way we would normally wear it. And it kind of just starts to feel like, okay, this isn't a Vogue magazine cover. It doesn't need to look like a fashion accessory. It just, they take the whole meaning away from it and they Mm. kind of, they change you so much to the point that it just doesn't, it doesn't feel natural anymore. Do you think currently, Jamie, that non-binary people are fairly represented in campaigns? I think I've spoken about this quite a lot recently about how, you know, if in the UK, trans people represent a very, very small number of people. It's like, I think it's around like one, two percent. So when it comes to representation, often the people that are profiled like myself are almost like the privileged or they are the the privileged section of that community so they're white they're able-bodied they're slim it's the people that I guess commercially seem more palatable Mm -hmm. to other consumers or within the campaign which I think is very frustrating and it's our responsibility I think as people in those positions to actually open the door further and be like you can't just show a, a vision of, of being non-binary or being trans that is sellable or marketable, that you need to actually open up. If you're going to, you know, endorse this message or if you're going to share the voices of trans people, you need to make sure you're sharing the voices of all trans people yeah. because otherwise only a very specific voice, um, a privileged voice is going to be listened to, which isn't necessarily appropriate or representative of the whole group. Um but no, 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 to be honest, non-binary representation is far and few between. I think it's there's lots of reasons why, but I think one thing is because out of kind of campaign world, and if you look socially and politically, it's not an identity that is kind of really respected or uh, seen as valid still. So there, I think those two kind of political and social yeah. 
reasons and then kind of commercial and capital reasons. They go hand in hand. They'll only rise together. Yeah, well, it's cyclical because, you know, if society at large is not being accepting or welcoming or understanding, the industry is not going to cast, you know, non-binary people and then vice versa. If they're not cast, then it's harder to become accepted because people aren't seeing it. They're not understanding Mm -hmm. it. Um, And, you know, we're all, when it comes to seeing differently able people in campaigns, I don't feel personally like I see very many at all, especially not in beauty campaigns. Um, Do you feel like there's a lot more work that could be done, Georgia? And how does it make you feel when you do see someone who's differently abled in a campaign? It's it's really nice, um, <laughs> but I will admit I don't ever see it. And like it's, I think I've maybe seen one, and I've been a part of one, mm-hmm. um, and that's just because I've worked with a brand um, very closely, and they've openly, you know, put their hands up and gone, "Look, we're not diverse, but we want to make that change. We want to make it with you." And I'm like, "Oh, that feels so nice that they want to know me genuinely, not." you know, like the tick of the box. Like Mm -hmm. we've done diversity, that's a tick. That's our brand campaign perfect. And I don't like that. We shouldn't be a tick, like just because someone is slightly different or someone who is out wearing even more crazy makeup. It's like, oh, that's different. It's like, no, it's not. Everyone should be accepted. Everyone, it's like the new normal. I always say that on my Instagram. I try and not, like, I don't really mention a lot about my disability online just because I feel like that, could also make brands go, mm, well, you, you always talk about disability, so we're not going to take you seriously and we're not going to work with you for what you like, which is fashion and beauty and lifestyle and everything else. So I try and make my Instagram, my YouTube, just like, you know, wh- whatever content I like, so fashion, pictures and things like that. And when I do it, it's almost cre- creating the new normal for um, brands and also the new normal on social media. I want people to go on Instagram flick through and go oh yeah that's normal even though she's very different to look at that's normal because I've seen it and the more we almost like push them pictures and content and things like that with adverts and sponsorships and campaigns the more people become like quite normal to it and I feel like the you know majority of the public love it but it's the brands behind it that just it is kind of like ruining their image and I know it can and I I get like they might think all their look on Instagram all their campaigns may look pristine without someone like me in a you know a wheelchair that could look like you know all quite bulky and big but when I've been on other um, campaigns before they've made it work and they've made me blend in and not stand out as much so it is workable it's just about you know, working with brands and having people almost say to, you know, social people will speak loud enough on social media and I know brands listen. So if people are commenting on pictures going, we want to see more diverse people, we want to not see the same faces, eventually and hopefully things will start to change. But when I'm on Instagram, I don't see anyone like me, which is a, which I guess is a really good positive because it's, you know, me, I'm unique and, I like that, but I also want to see different people. I don't want to see the same type of people on my feed because it can get me down quite a lot because I'll be like, oh, I'm not accepted. I don't feel good enough. Even doing the job I do, I still don't feel good enough. But then again, I also think about it as I'm there trying to make a change. And also I'm doing it for like younger generations because 
I've got a little brother, all of his friends and himself, they're all on social media. They love TikTok, they love Instagram. The, you know, we could have such a positive impact if brands are pushing diversity in a positive way. And then eventually they'll, they'll think of diversity as the new normal. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, celebrating all of our differences rather than letting them define us. So your disability doesn't define you by any means. And as such, you know, in in celebrating all of these differences that we have in glorious Technicolor, we can expand the definition of beauty. Um, What, what you said, Jamie, about being palatable, that really, um, that really resonates. I remember once doing a, a shoot and, like you'll you'll probably know there's very rarely more than one black woman on a shoot like it'll be you'll be the the one sort of token and I remember being told because I'm mixed and I've got lighter um, brown skin I was was told that I had this palatable brown rather than a darker brown and I just thought that was the most disgusting thing to hear and you realize the way that these companies are thinking and you touched on it there Georgia that they're scared to take what they believe to be risks but I think we need to completely change the narrative so it doesn't it's not a risk it's not risk-taking I understand that these are multi-billion dollar industries and they want to make as much money as possible but they also as you said they are influential and aspirational and everyone should feel catered for because if you don't feel catered for you so often feel like you don't belong the impact that has on your self-worth I remember growing up in in Newcastle and there was no afro hairdressers and no afro hair products so me and my mum used to have to travel for like several hours to get to Leeds just to get our hair done and when you see that it sounds like nothing it's just hair but actually the impact it has is you feel like your hair is not valid you are not valid and and you know you're not proud to be who you are and we should be helping the next generation feel proud to be who they are whoever they are so with that in mind how would you like to see the beauty industry improve when it comes to inclusivity Jamie? I think in terms of improvements I would really love to see more companies, more brands, more products, uh, including trans representation without it being uh, spotlighted mm-hmm. or without it having to necessarily be like a moment or without it being pride. I think what a lot of the beauty industry often forgets is that they have trans customers, yet they are never represented. Um, And so I think what is really important is that we not only see these trans people in the representations through the campaigns, but also they realise that in order to do that, they need to be hiring trans people in positions of power within their own companies. Um, And again, not to see it, like you said, not to see it as risky or not to see it as kind of um, too liberal or too kind of too left-wing. It's, you know trans people exist trans people buy your products if that's you know that's the reality of it and if you want to ensure that trans people feel comfortable within your company and within your business then do the right thing and make sure that they're represented throughout all the layers uh, of the company yeah it, then it then it actually means something as opposed to mm-hmm. feeling like you're, you're ticking that box what do you think honey constitutes a good diverse campaign rather than a performative one or a tokenistic one um, I think when it's more genuine in it, you're doing it because you see that there is this issue in the market and you want to like fix that issue and try and do something to make a change. Um, especially recently with the whole um, Black Lives Matter movement, I think a lot of brands kind of just started sharing photos of minorities 
which kind of felt like it was just as a way of just ticking yeah. the list. Okay, yeah, we've done our part now. It didn't feel like it was genuine. It didn't feel like it was, they were doing it because they wanted genuine change. Because at the beginning, if you look at their feed prior to um, the Black Lives Matter movement, you would literally see that all they cared about was their aesthetics and they didn't really care about how to put colored people on there as well. But after the Black Lives Matter movement started happening, I noticed that a lot of brands were like posting people like myself, I would see on their page. But it was kind of, it kind of started to feel like a trend because as soon as the Black Lives Matter movement started to kind of be a little bit more quieter on the social sides of things, brands kind of just went back to their original theme. It was kind of like, I don't know, it feels like, you know, when you... Um, just for like a little moment so they give mm. you because that because they don't want like the spotlight to be on them for not being diverse in that moment they think okay let's quickly just do our part they tick the list off and then that's it everything goes back to normal so I think it would be nice to see permanent change rather than just momentarily change so like for them to actually start either representing people start creating products for the people like Jamie said like for the people that are actually buying your um your products because so many different people are buying your products but a lot of the time they would only cater to a specific group rather than everybody else um so I think really making like real permanent change I think that would like be a good way to start yeah and how would you like to see products develop to be more inclusive um I think more to maybe even like get models that actually like are like good representation of the kind of product that you're like there's so many ways to style a product product so like for example a foundation um so one person might literally just put like a swatch on their face and just blend that all over and they might like that natural look which a lot of the campaigns kind of show all the time but there are some people like myself for example I love a full coverage foundation like they should show different styles of like styling that foundation and kind of different looks to kind of represent everyone because at the end of the day everyone is different so when you have like five models and you made you you've like styled them all to look exactly the same as each other there really is like no difference with the models and it just kind of feels like just copy and paste all around your campaign a little bit yeah. what what brands are doing it right though which brands do we think are getting it right and what should we be focusing on more I know Georgia that you um you've got lots of products that you're you know constantly looking at for your channel which which brands are, are doing the right thing I feel like most brands should you know step up and go we really want to get to know you as a person we'd like to know more about you and what you like and your style and things and get you on board to make our team and also our campaigns more diverse and that to me is huge for a brand to step up and openly admit that and also be proud of you when you're doing the campaigns and making you fit in and not like I can I can imagine how hard it can be to go on a campaign if you're just there just to almost represent diversity because you'll be the only one who is you know different which I hate saying but a lot of bands will do that they'll just throw one person on spotlight on you because you're the diverse one you're the one who's made us like you know our campaign diverse and then it it just makes you feel uncomfortable and not genuine and I feel like the one like the brand that I work for she like the company the team and everything they all make me feel really welcome and not different and I feel like that's a lot like I I go to a lot of events and things and I ended up stopping going to beauty events because I was the only one in the room who was and I'm talking like a lot of these other people in the room were just all duplicates of each other and I was the only one who was you know not just disabled but I don't I don't just wear like I can wear 
basic stuff but I also can go out there and whack a full glam on and not give one I've got tattoos and that's my way of expressing myself and I'd be I'd be the only person in the room with like full-on tattoos and not bothered and I'm like oh my god it's actually not just you know disability or the color of your skin it's just yeah it's pretty mad and you think even at events you think they would be representative like more people who are represented in the diverse um, group which we shouldn't even be a group but we should just be all as one and there's not a lot of brands doing that at the minute especially in the beauty community. We talked quite a lot about campaigns but um, Jamie which products and which brands do you think um, are getting it right especially as a member of the LGBTQIA plus community who who should we be championing? Off the top of my head, I think makeup revolution are really great in just kind of listening to listening to the consumers, not just on on what products work, but on kind of social change. So I saw that they brought out a really deep range of bronzers recently for for dark skinned people, and it's just things like that that I'm like, you've listened. People like yeah. it's one of those things where people have asked for it. You've seen that people need these products so you're just going to make it I think things like that are great you know what I really like the way it's like yeah people ask for it so they just do it do you know what I mean it is actually very simple and for some reason mm. so many companies make it seem so hard they make it seem so difficult and it's like what system are you trying to trying to keep in place here that's sometimes how it feels and I think we've realized recently that there are systems that are being ingrained and kept in place that actually we do have the power to dismantle um and mm-hmm. that's what we're all pushing for um why Jamie do you feel it's so important that we see different types of beauty just represented across the industry I think it's important because like like we've said it's it it can add to a environment and a mental health issue for people that don't necessarily feel like they fit in anyway. Mm-hmm. Because I think often we forget how important the small things are when it comes to seeing yourself out there. Often it can kind of be dismissed as something that's not important or it's not actually going to change the world. But, you know, if you're feeling really low and you're feeling really insecure about yourself or you're not 100% sure of who you are in that moment and then you see someone absolutely thriving and in a campaign that is the same identity as you, um, or from your community, it's incredibly uplifting. You don't have yeah. to necessarily have gone down the same path, but you know that you can actually lead a very similar life. Um, so, yeah. Well, I think, yeah, it, it also makes you feel beautiful. And we all are beautiful. Mm. We need to be able to feel beautiful. What What are some positive and meaningful ways that we can all challenge stereotypes around what it means to be beautiful, Hanny? Um, I think just kind of, especially like once you build that platform for yourself, I think kind of using that platform to always just raise awareness. Like I, at the beginning, when I first started um, blogging, I would always on my Instagram feeds specifically, like I'd always just have a theme. I'd want to, I want my feed to look appealing when people come onto my page. But as I kind of like progressed a little bit, I was like, I'd rather just people come to my page and kind of know that I have a voice and know that I have opinions on things so I'm not like afraid to kind of say what I think I'm not afraid to share or like say how I feel about a such a certain situation so I think just kind of using the platform that you've built and sharing um, as much as you can trying to raise awareness and I think eventually one of these days the brands will get a wake-up call because I think um, there are a lot of situations like Georgia was saying there are a lot of situations where sometimes I would be I would like be demotivated to go to an event because I know that I would go there and I'd feel super awkward because there's no one that looks like me or sometimes like 
like with beauty brands, they'd have like a bunch of their foundations on the table that you can kind of like help yourself to and color match yourself to, but none of them would be my color. So it'd be awkward to kind of just walk over there knowing that like nothing's going to work for me. Mm. But one brand that I really did like, um, Nip and Fab, like every time I go to their events, I always find myself comfortable because there's so many people that look like me. And I always know that, yeah, like I can find colors that work for me, things that I feel a little bit more like in, I feel invited I feel personally invited rather than just invited to kind of tick a box. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Georgia, how do you feel that we can challenge stereotypes around what it means to be beautiful? What can we do? Using your platform, even if you're on there with, you know, not a lot of followers, you know, speaking up on brands pictures because they listen to customers and I feel like that's so important for every brand. They don't want to be, you know, see these negative comments or criticizing comments about how they are as a brand and when their consumers and customers and even social media influencers like comment on each of like their pictures they're posting all their campaigns that's when I feel like that yeah your eyes are opening to all of these issues and hopefully like brands will recognize that not it's not just us speaking up about it but it's also you know members of the public who want to see it like Mm -hmm. I've seen such a great result from seeing such inclusivity in so many things and it's such a positive area so speaking up about it is the most important way and social media is it's got the most impactful voice like Mm -hmm. we could all be on social media and it's, it's got such an impact like the Black Lives Matter movement was insane it was so powerful and I was like wow this is what we can do as a you know a social media community so having that power I feel like could definitely help and change it for the good absolutely no I completely agree with you um we all have a voice and it's often our voice that makes us beautiful you know it's what comes from the inside it's what we stand for um and finally coming to you Jamie what are some positive and meaningful ways that you feel we can challenge stereotypes around what it means to be beautiful I think it's about deconstructing what you personally deem as beautiful Mm -hmm. I think a lot of these discussions that we have about changing the narrative um coming from brands only actually really start when the the people within those spaces do it do the work themselves as human beings um so for me it's about realizing that you know there is no one way to look trans Mm -hmm. or there's no one way to look queer there's no one way that anybody should look um and it's about realizing that if that person feels confident and feels happy and feels themselves in the way that they're portraying their beauty then that is no issue of anyone else's um and it should never you know should never be made an issue um so it's about really kind of just looking at what we deem as beautiful investigating why we see that as beautiful you know a lot of it is racist a lot of it is from colonialism a lot of it is you know very eurocentric it's very um commercial so it's about actually you know like the work that we're all doing now socially is listening to what we've said in the past realizing why that's problematic and then changing how we move forward with this idea of what beauty is dismantling it moving Mm. into 
a brighter future. Well, look, at a time when the conversation around equality and inclusivity and representation is more pertinent than ever. I'm so glad that we've been able to discuss how this should be playing out in the beauty industry. It's been so insightful and special and important to talk to you all. Jamie, Georgia, Hani, thank you so much for being so open and honest. And thank you as well for always pushing for change. Um, Here's to all of us pushing together and to a better, more inclusive future in the industry. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. I'm Big Hope. And this is the beauty of it all. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Really, really do. 